Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Hallelujah. Are you excited about the Word of God? Are you thrilled about the Word of God? Are you enthusiastic? <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Are you filled with the joy of the Lord? The joy of the Lord's our strength. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of His might because I've got the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, I want your joy to be full, to be overflowing. If you're overflowing with joy, then you're overflowing with the strength of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's find a place to start somewhere. Where would you like to start at? John. You want to start in John's Gospel? <laughs> Praise God. That's a good place to go, huh? Well, I, th- I don't think we're going to do that, though. Let's start. <laughs> John's Gospel is where everybody you know, tells you to start reading. Let's find something in the book of Acts. Seventeenth chapter and verse twenty-eight. Paul. Well, let's back up over here. Paul was preaching. You know, I think Paul's a good preacher, don't you? He was preaching. I'll tell you what. If the Holy Ghost come on you like it came on Paul, if if uh, you had a vision of Jesus like Paul did on the road to Damascus, if you saw Jesus standing up there, you know, right above your head, brighter than the noonday sun, glory to God, it has set your feet to preaching. And then you'd be traveling all over the world preaching what you saw, preaching the glory of God, preaching the power of God, preaching the name of Jesus. He says, I can't help. I got to do it. Woe wasn't me if I don't preach the gospel because I saw the Lord Jesus Christ in his resurrected glory and it set my heart afire and I've got to go out and preach the word of God. Well, he went over here and these people didn't know about God. So he said, I'm going to start preaching to you over here on Mars Hills about, you know, about the things of God. And in verse 22, Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for, to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation." that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after Him and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us, for in Him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also His offspring. I want you to back up to verse 28. That's what I want to talk to you about. It's for in Him we live, and it's in Him we move, And in Him we have our being. They were worshiping the unknown God. They were trying to find out where this God was. They were just worshiping this false thing that they set up as an idol. 
And they said to the unknown God, they knew that, you know, Lisa had enough sense to know that God wasn't what they made and God wasn't what they set up. They had to know that God was alive and God was real, but they just didn't know who He was. And that's why we've been sent out to preach the gospel because, brothers and sisters, there's a lot of people out there that they don't know who God is. There are people in this country who don't know who God is. I mean that. I was just fellowshipping with one brother and sister, and they said to us, can you believe this? I says, well, try me. And they says, well, we had some individual who we uh, came across, you know, her life, and, and we asked her if she knew who Jesus Christ was. She said, no. In this country, in this state, she didn't know who Jesus Christ was. I mean, that sounds far-fetched, but I mean, she did not know who Jesus Christ was. And so they proceeded to tell her about Jesus. And they said, did you know that Jesus Christ died for your sins? She said, no, I didn't know that. Did you know he was raised up from the dead for your justification? She said, well, I heard something about that, but I didn't know anything about it much. I couldn't believe it. In this country of ours, she didn't know that Jesus came to die for her sins. She didn't know that Jesus went into hell and suffered for the penalty, for the price, you see, of her sins. And she didn't know that the Father raised him up by the Spirit of God on the third day, raised him up from the dead. And, and bless God, he was ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. And she did not know that she, he made a way for us to have eternal life. She didn't know any of that. And she lives in our country. So Paul went around teaching these people who God really was. See, they said the unknown God. What a sad place to be in. Well, you don't need to look too far because he said in verse 28, For in him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. Is your being in God? Are you living in God? Are you moving in God? If you're living in him and you're moving in him and you have your being in him, you don't need to go too far to get out of trouble. You don't need to go too far to get out of trouble. See, everybody, and I believe believers can get to a place that they stop walking by faith they're looking for something out there, you know, either where they go to church at. They're looking for some man to come along and, and lead them, you know, into the, uh, either whatever they need, healing, deliverance, soundness, whatever they have need of. And they're forgetting the fact that it's in Him we live. And He's living in us. God doesn't dwell, He said, in temples made with men's hands. He said, but God dwells inside you. He's in, inside us, you and me. Now, let's go over to the book of Romans, uh, the 10th chapter. And I want to just give it to you, if I may, straight out. My feet have been set on fire and my heart is ablaze. I'm getting to preach my favorite subject in the Bible tonight. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Get out the chandeliers. You got your shouting clothes on? I want you to know that I don't care what subject of the Bible we begin with. I don't care how many subjects there are in the Bible. I don't care how good the theologian was or the scholar was and how he told you what you ought to do and told you what you ought not to do and how he said how your marriage should be and how your marriage should not be or how you should walk in love and you know what you should do and what you shouldn't do and what you can do and what you could do and what you might not do if you didn't do it. I don't care what any of that, you know, if you don't go back to faith, nothing works. Did you know that? If you don't go back to faith, nothing works. You can have the greatest source of knowledge, a storehouse of knowledge, all the knowledge in the world. But the Bible says that this knowledge, if you don't use it, it's of no use. It's of no value. It's no good. It's not going to do you any good. If you don't have the wisdom of God to utilize the knowledge that you have, it's not going to do you one bit of good. And if you don't know how faith works, you will not know how to use the knowledge of God. 
That's why the Bible says, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. And if you get wisdom and understanding, you'll find the fear of the Lord, because that's the beginning of wisdom. And when you fear the Almighty God, you'll begin to live like He wants you to live. You'll get to move like He wants you to move, and you'll have your being inside Him. See, they didn't know where He was, so they couldn't follow Him. But look at this scripture right over here in verse 8. But what saith that the word is nigh thee? Who's the word? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God. He made the whole world and all that in them is. If they want to know who the God of the world is, all they got to do is find Jesus. He's the God of the world. He made the world. And it says right here, He's nigh you. Everybody say, Jesus is near me. He's in my mouth and in my heart. That is the Word of faith that was preached. Where's the Word of faith? It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. We don't have to look across the sea to bring Christ down. Back up over there to verse 6. But the righteousness, which is of faith, speak it on this wise. Say not in thine heart. Notice the word say and notice the word heart. Don't say in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. They were looking up to heaven for the unknown God. They were trying to find where this unknown God was. And that's why they were sacrificing their sacrifices and doing the things that they did to try to find this unknown God. But they couldn't find him. Paul came along and told him exactly where he was, where he could be found. And it says, don't, don't uh, think you're going to look up to heaven and find out where he's at. Who's going to send up there to bring him down? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? Who's going to go into the lower parts of the damned? Who's going to go down there and try to... He's not down there anymore. Glory to God. He was raised up from that death. Amen. He said, I am he that liveth and was dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I've got the keys of death and of hell. I've been living. I'm alive now. I'm not going to die anymore. You don't have to go down to get me. You don't have to go up there to find me. I am nigh you. That's what he said right here. Who's going to go down and bring him up from the dead? But what saith it? Well, what's the righteousness of God say? Back in verse 6. What but the righteousness which is of faith speaketh. Notice that. And then look at verse 8. But what saith it? But what saith what? The righteousness which is by faith. What does the righteousness which is by faith say? What does it say? It says this. The Word is nigh me. The Word is near me. Who's the Word? Christ. See, you don't have to look to heaven to bring Him down. You can't crawl up there and get Him. They try to do that to build a tower to go up there. You can't go on down to the you know, lower parts of the earth to bring Him up. If you're in trouble, if you need help... I mean, if it looks like your life around you is about to fall in, cave in, and, and it looks like all the problems of life are just mounting up on you, and I mean, you're in trouble. Anybody here in trouble? I got some good news for you. That's a good place to be in. Because my Bible tells me God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's present with you. Glory to God. If you're in trouble, He's present with you. Over there in the 91st Psalm says, I will be with you in trouble. If you're in trouble, He's with you. You know, sometimes people get the wrong outlook in life. When they're in trouble, they think God has forsaken them. I mean, when they're in trouble, it looks like there's nobody there to help out. I want you to know that the Bible says if you're in trouble, God is with you. If you're in trouble, He says, I'm a very present help. I'm present. But where is He if He's present? I'm in your mouth and I'm in your heart. I mean, you were in the worst trouble you was ever in when you was a sinner. I was in the worst trouble I was ever in when I was living for the devil, when I was a child of the devil, before I was, you know, born again. I was in the worst trouble that anybody could ever be in, and that trouble was all around me on every side. I was a child of the devil. 
I was on my way to hell. I was condemned to eternal damnation because of the fact, as of yet, I did not make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. I had no covenant with God. I had no approach to God. I could not come to God. I had no way to get to Him, to call upon Him, to do anything. I mean, I was without hope and without God in the world. I was in a state of trouble. But some preacher came along one day, and a preacher is just somebody who's got the Word of God inside of him. And someone came along and told me, you can be born again. You can receive eternal life. You can become a child of the living God. And you don't have to go up to heaven and bring him down. And you don't have to go down in the, in the pits of hell to get him and bring him up. All you got to do is realize that the Word of faith is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. And if you believe with all thine heart, you confess Jesus Christ with your mouth from your heart. And bless God, thou shalt be delivered from your trouble. Glory to God. That's how close he is. I said, that's how close he is. That's what the Word of faith is all about. I mean to tell you, God has made His dwelling place inside you and inside me. And if we learn the law of faith, and if we learn how to speak God's Word from our heart with our mouth accurately, if we learn that there's a confession of the mouth and a confession of the heart, and when we get these two confessions to embrace one another with the Word of God, then we're going to become a powerhouse for God in this earth. You know, we're waiting for God to send some Holy Ghost on power on down. We're waiting for God to do some mighty miracle. We're waiting for God to just, to just intervene on our part, on our behalf to do something. But He's telling us right now, the Word is near you. The Word is in your mouth. The Word is in your heart. All my power that's available to the body of Christ, it's in the Word. And the Word can be in your heart. And the Word can be in your mouth. And if you get the Word in your heart... Hide it in your heart, protect it in your heart, keep it in your heart. The psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I would not sin against thee. And then learn how to get the confession of your heart to harmonize with the confession of your mouth. You put those two together. You know, one day I did that. I mean, I just did the same thing. I did exactly what that word said to do. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know the law of faith. I didn't know the prayer of faith. Someone just told me if I believe with all my heart and confess Jesus with my mouth as my Savior. Look at the next verse. Verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus thou sh and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's an all-inclusive word. It means you'll be delivered from the powers of darkness. It means you'll be healed in your body, set free in your mind. It means you shall be completely set free. It's exactly what it means. Why? For what the heart man believeth unto righteousness. That's what the righteousness of God says. With the heart you believe unto. You believe unto a place of right standing with God. You believe under right standing. You believe your spirit in a right relationship with the Father God when you believe in your heart and say it from your mouth. How many of you got saved that way? I mean, one day, you know, you just found yourself on your knees before God saying, I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I believe He was raised from the dead for my justification. And I believe with all my heart that He is the Lord and, and risen Savior and the risen King. And I invite you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart. I receive you into my heart. I confess you as my Lord. I confess you as my Savior. And what happened? Jesus came inside your heart. Jesus just took up His dwelling place inside you, came and lived inside you, and it was on the authority and the basis of the living Word of God. It doesn't matter what you felt like, what you looked like. You look the same. You may even have felt the same. It's not based on feelings. It's not based on sight. not based on what you see. It's not based on what you've heard. It's based on the true Word of God. If you ask Him, He says, I'll come in and make my dwelling place inside your spirit. You believed your spirit in the right relationship with God. Did you do that? Well, if you're sitting out there right now and you're in trouble and your mind's in trouble and there's a problem in your, you know, intellect and your, you know, soul insensibility, your will, there's a problem up there. I mean, God's Word teaches us that Jesus also died so that we can be free from mental anguish and torment. Did you know that? There's a lot of believers that are in the body of Christ that end up in a sane asylum because they allow the devil to come along and tell them 
in their thinking that they're not saved, they're not worthy of God. You know, God doesn't care about you. You've sinned too many times. His blood's not going to cover that one. You know, you've done it so many times and you've turned your back on God so many times and you're not done right before God and they feel they've committed the unpardonable sin or they feel that they're just ugly before God and God can never erase, you know, what they've done now and they're under the power of condemnation and they don't know what to do. I mean, I had someone, you know, get a hold of me just the other day. And he says, I'm under condemnation so bad, I just want to take my life. I just want to call it quits. I don't want to live any longer. I've just done so much, so many terrible things before the sight of God. It's so ugly. And you know, the Bible says everything is open before the eyes of him which, with whom we have to do. And he says, I'm just, I feel so ugly. I don't want to do, I just want to approach God any longer. I, can you help me? I said, glory to God. His word can. I said, his word can help you. If you learn how to operate God's word, I tell you what, it'll set you free. Jesus said, you know the truth and the truth will do what? The truth will set you free. Everybody's looking for God to set them free. But, you know, God says the truth will set you free. Jesus said, if you're my disciple, indeed, you will continue in my... In my what? There's just too many individuals in the body of Christ who begin to walk the faith walk. They begin to live by faith. They got excited about faith. They're like the man in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. They begin. It sprang up within them. They were joyful. They were triumphant at the beginning of their faith walk. But then when persecution came, it don't come overnight. It comes throughout the course of our life. Then they begin to get a little bit down. Oh, this faith doesn't work. And speaking God's Word, I'm getting bored with this. And, you know, it's getting to where I, I don't see it working as it's supposed to be working. It's too hard. It's too hard to, you know, study God's Word and to be diligent. God never said He'd reward somebody who was slothful, did He? He says, I reward those that are diligent and those that diligently speak My Word. Didn't He? Yeah. Well, you see here, here's what we've got to understand. Just like this individual. He didn't understand how God's Word system worked. He didn't know, you know, that his help, his source of power, his source of strength, his source of victory to get that devil off of his mind was right in his heart and in his mouth. There are so many that don't know that the healing power of God is right in your mouth and inside your heart. There are many that don't know you can get your mind delivered. You can get delivered from circumstances. You can get delivered from, you know, bodily diseases. You can get delivered from people that are ungodly. You can get delivered from anything that walks upon the face of this earth and moves upon the face of this earth if you learn the fact that the power of God is in your mouth and in your heart. And I'm not going to stop preaching this till I go home to be with Jesus. Glory to God. I know that it's true. It brought my kids into this world. It healed my wife. It set her free. Glory to God. It healed my daughter when she fell. Glory to God. It's kept us in divine health. It kept me walking. In. It kept me free. Preaching to you for five years. Bless God without missing one service. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. I love it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You think about that three times a week for five years and more than that. That's a lot, isn't it? Blessed be God. And why was it? It's the word of faith. It's the word of faith that's nice. Jesus said, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive. And what happened? Well, what do you want? What do you desire? You know what I desire? I desire such a mighty manifestation of the presence and power of God in our midst that I believe I receive it. I've been walking around these floors as of, you know, lately. I've been walking around this rug, this carpet up, this pulpit inside back there and around this church and saying, Glory to God, I believe I receive a mighty wave of God's Spirit. I believe I receive a mighty wave of saving power, healing power, delivering power. I believe it's inside me and flowing out of me right now. And I believe, dear Father God, that this place is looking out for a revival right now. And Jesus is going to walk to this place. I mean, if we got to see Him visibly in His visible form, and the captives are going to be set free. I don't know about you, but you know, I don't want to have a social church. 
I don't want to just have a place where we have social events all the time and all we do is get together and just, you know, talk and do this. And that's okay. It's good to have that. But I want to have a place where the power of God is far greater than all the electrical votes that flow into this place to try to give us this electrical current to keep the lights going and the, and the equipment running and everything. I want to have such a power of God inside this place that is so mighty and powerful that when you walk in, it's just like the power of God knock you right on down off on the floor. That's what I believe. I believe that. And so I've said what God said to do. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. Would everybody say with me, I believe I receive the desire of my heart that you, Father God, will stretch forth your hand to heal the sick and set the captives free in a mighty way. Waves of glory, delivering power, saving power. Healing power, power to set the captives free. I believe it in Jesus' name. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. God's not waiting on, you know, we're not waiting on God. God's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to release that power. You could take that same confession of God's word home. You can go inside your house. You can wait till everybody's, you know, that's around you, maybe shut their doors and close their lights or whatever you want to do. But you start walking around your house. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. And you say, you devil that's trying to take over the property of God. My Bible tells me wherever I set the soles of my feet to walk on, that's the property that God has given me. And when that person tries to bring in that ugly thing in here, in the name of Jesus, I just set up a, right now I set up a line that it cannot cross. It's the bloodline of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there ain't no devil, there ain't no no demon that's going to dominate my home. No devil or demon that's going to dominate my life. No devil or demon that's going to influence my children. No devil or demon that's going to take over my husband, over my wife, whatever the need might be, whatever the case might be. Our bodies are set free. Our minds are set free. And in Jesus' mighty name, we set up a wall right now of protection. And there's no devil going to cross that bloodline. I know it in Jesus' name. When you start walking around your house like that and saying, it's in my mouth, it's in my heart, it is the word of faith. I don't have to bring them down. I don't have to call him up. He's right here and he's right here and watch the power go. Glory be to God. I mean, create a power. Be set free. Just, just release right there in your home. You know, God spoke to my heart and said, there's too many to stop walking by faith. He said, they're caught up in the circumstances. They're caught up in what they see with the physical eye. They're caught up with the circumstances around them and it's going on around them. And he says, and they forgot my word says the just shall live by faith. They forgot my word says that we walk by faith and not by sight. They forgot my word says we don't look at the things seen, but we look at the unseen because the things that are seen, they're temporal. They're subject to change, but the unseen realm, bless God, it's eternal. It'll be that way forever. It's never going to change. It's going to be like that throughout all eternity. And all they got to do is start speaking my word once again. All they got to do is speak it out of their heart with love in their heart. Speak it out of their mouth boldly, strong, with a strong voice, with a vigorous, you know, bold spirit. And I'll set the angels on charge. They'll surround the house. They'll get to going back and forth to cause things to come into their possession. They'll stand against all the forces of darkness for you. They'll bring healing to your body if you have a need of healing. They'll bring finances into your home if you need finances. He said, but get them to start seeing the invisible. Get them to start seeing the things that are unseen. Get them to start speaking from their hearts, saying with their mouth the things that they want and the things that they desire and they shall come to pass. That's what he told me to say. And they're going to come to pass. Don't forget it. I'm not forgetting it. I'm just set loose and set free. Don't get bound up and caught up in circumstances of life, you know, in such a way that they overtake you and overcome you. 
Sometimes I think we just, you know, just play right into the hand of the adversary. He's got, he's got his own, you know, strategy plan. He's got his own, you know, way of uh, trying to get us into a place of deception. I think he backs off for a while and sets us up. Just wants to just see how far we're going to go with this thing. He says, I'll let them go for a while. And then when they get a little bit weak, when I hear they're not speaking God's word, when I see that their spirits are a little bit, you know, undernourished, and I see that their mouth is not speaking boldly that which they once embraced when they first got saved, then I'm going to call my cohorts. Then I'm going to surround them. And then I'm going to come on them. Put them in such bondage that they'll never be able to get out of it. That's exactly what he does. Sets you up for killing. That's exactly what he'd like to do. The thief comes for what reason? To steal, to kill, to destroy. See, he hears. I think we set ourselves up and we speak negative and speak his language of doubt and unbelief. We forget about the fact what God said, the greater is he that's in you. We forget about the fact that if you're in trouble, you're in a good place. Because he says, I'll be with you in trouble. Who would you want to be with you in trouble? If you're in trouble. I'll tell you what, if I was in trouble, get the biggest fellow in this congregation. It'd be nice to have him by my side. Notice you get a little bit bolder when somebody big standing by you. Huh? You guys ever do that? When you, I know when I was young too, you know young boys, they get in trouble sometimes. Don't they? But you see, there's security when you've got somebody big by you. Well, how's Jesus going to you know, help me? My brothers and my sisters, Jesus is so big by you right now. He's in your mouth and in your heart. When you get yourself into trouble, Jesus is in your mouth and in your heart. When you get yourself into trouble, God says, I will be with you in that trouble. For what purpose? To deliver you? Someone says, but I thought that trouble was coming because God wanted to teach me a lesson. It doesn't make any sense that if He's going to be with you to deliver you out of that trouble, He's going to deliver you from Him. Did you get that? He's going to deliver you from Him? Oh, would to God we can get rid of this, this teaching. He's not going to deliver us from Himself, is He? Who causes the trouble? The Bible says, in the world you shall have what? Tribulation? Trouble? Look at Romans. The, uh, back up to the fifth chapter. See, we've got peace with God. And because we have peace with God, when we get into trouble, God says, I'll be with you. I'll be right there by your side. I'll be a present help. Everybody say this with me. When I'm in trouble, God is present. Say it again. When I'm in trouble... God is present. Now, next time you get in trouble, you know what you're going to say instead of, oh, no. You're going to say, oh, glory, hallelujah, God's present. See, we walk by faith, not by what? Sight means the senses, the emotions, the feelings, the thing that we see. See, we're not being led by the emotions. We're being led by the word, the word of faith that's nigh us. And God's word of faith tells me that when I get in trouble, God is my refuge and strength, my very present help to get me out of that trouble. And when I get in trouble, he says, I'll be with you in trouble to deliver you out of that trouble. So it's not coming from God. Look at this scripture in chapter 5. Therefore, verse 1, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, 
Being justified by faith, notice it's by faith. By whom also we have access to, by faith, notice it's by faith, into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Now notice Jesus said, in the world ye shall have tribulations. Why in the world would Paul glory in tribulations? Knowing is the next verse. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. He says, I know that tribulations work patience. Sounds like James and, and uh, Paul were, you know, talking with one another. Because James says, whenever trouble comes, whenever tribulation comes, whenever persecution comes, he says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this. And here Paul says, glory in tribulations, knowing this. And they both refer to patience. They both said when trouble comes, when tribulation comes, when persecution comes, when affliction comes, whatever comes your way, and it, you know, it just represents trouble. He says, I want you to know this. It's time for you to start being joyful and it's time for you to start to glory. Because if you'll be joyful and if you'll be glorious and you'll just begin to glory and speak the word... Be joyful and joyfully speak God's word, knowing this, that the trying of your faith will develop patience, and that tribulation that comes is going to work patience. It means stability. It means you'll be the same. And if you look it up, you'll find out one place it says, he's not talking about passively enduring that tribulation. He's not talking about passively enduring this thing. He's talking about actively overcoming the tribulation. He says, that's why you ought to glory. You'll recall when Paul and Silas were set in jail, that they begin to glory in their tribulation. They begin to say, hallelujah, glory to God. They sang praises unto God in such a way that they all begin to hear them that were in jail. They was in the county jail. I mean, there was hoodlums in that jail. I mean, there was un ungodly people. Ruffians was in that jail. And they were probably, you know, you guys are Christians, you sissies. You know, listen, look at this choir over here of the two, you know, this duet. I mean, what do they think they're doing? You know, they're just shouting up a storm over here. You know, they says, you know, big and strong and roughings, you know. I'll tell you what, my brothers and sisters, there ain't anybody stronger than God. And I don't care what it looks like. You want to go out singing, blowing horns. The glory to God, the power of God come on you. I mean, the glory of God will come on you. That's exactly what they did. They began to sing praises unto God in their tribulation. They began to rejoice and count it all joy in their tribulation. They began to say, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. They began to say, the Lord God Almighty that saved Jesus and raised him up from the dead. The same one, he's dwelling in me. He's living inside me. And I guarantee you, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt. I guarantee it. I guarantee just, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I know with all my heart. You know what happened? Paul was singing in tongues. I know it. Blessed be God. I know he was singing in tongues because he says, I sing in tongues or pray in tongues more than you all. I speak in tongues more than you all. And he said that I give thanks well in tongues. Greater is he that's where? See, the Holy Ghost is in you and upon you. If you're born again, spirit filled. The Holy Ghost is in you and upon you. All the power we need to get over in life is in us and upon us. All the power we need to be success is in us and upon us. I mean, you couldn't ask for more than the Father, than the Son, than the Holy Ghost. They're in us, with us, for us, in Him we live, in Him we move, in Him we have our being. The essence of our being is in Him. We're no longer two separate, you know, individuals, God being a part of us, apart from us, rather. 
No, he says, I will be in you, I will dwell in you, and we'll be lost in him. We shall become one. And when we understand the fact that God has become one with man and the person of Jesus, and Jesus lives in us, and God is now resident inside our spirits, living inside of us, and the great Holy Ghost that raised up Jesus from the dead is dwelling inside of us, and we know that we've overcome devils and demons and evil spirits, then it'll be faith that's going to overcome this world in which we suffer tribulation and persecution. And every time they were persecuted in the book of Acts, all they did was begin to shout praise and glory. And the Spirit of glory came on them. Power of God came on them. Because you see, He was already resting on them. He was already abiding within them. And they released the creative power and ability of God. And when they did, I mean, I, you know, we've, we've seen some storms around here lately. You never saw anything like that. I mean, these aren't just storms that just blow anything around. These are accurate storms. These are accurate storms. I mean, the storm came and knocked all the chains off of them. The storm came and knocked all the jail doors open, wide open. I mean, the storm came and got that jailer saved. See, the power of God is accurate. It can be accurately applied to our situation if we understand how to operate it, how to use it. The power of God is where? In us, with us, for us, in our hearts, in our mouth. The word of faith. That if we would just speak out. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want to get your eyes off circumstances. I want to get your eyes off the things around you. Get your eyes off anything that you've been experiencing as, you know, lately. And the things that have been trying to get you down and to trouble you and put you in bondage and put you in fear and put you in worry. And get a hold of your mind and cause your mind to be just, you know, under the lordship of Satan dominated by wrong thoughts and wrong thinking, and then that gets into your heart. You get wrong believing. You get wrong speaking. Then you, instead of releasing the force of faith, we release the force of doubt and unbelief. Look at um, verse 13. Everybody say this here. We have the same spirit of faith. Say it again. We have the same spirit of faith. It's not a different spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith. Faith is a spirit. Faith is a spirit. We have the same spirit of faith. I want you to know that when you start speaking faith to somebody, it gets on them. I want you to know if you've got your shouting clothes on, it's a bubbling in your soul right now. I want you to know that when you hear somebody get up and start talking about faith, talking about the Word of God, it's that same Spirit comes on you. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe with my heart, therefore have I spoken with my mouth. We also believe and therefore speak. Paul was saying we've all got the same spirit of faith and we all could speak the same faith. We can believe the same faith. We can believe the same way. We can speak the same way. And where is it? It's in our heart. It's in our mouth. Now, when that fellow got a hold of me, I'll tell you, he got a hold of me at the right hour. I mean, he got a hold and said, my mind is just, just telling me to kill myself. My mind is telling me to call it quits. My mind is telling me there's no hope. There's no use of going on. My mind is telling me God couldn't ever forgive the things I have done being a born-again believer. I wouldn't even want to mention. There's no way that God could ever, at least I could never forgive myself. I'm just going to go wonder with this thing and just be destroyed. That fellow was under the lordship of the devil. But I want you to know that we have the same spirit of faith. 
He just happened to call up. I was in tongues for a couple hours. And I was just reading my word and just, just filled with the power and the glory of God and just worshiping God and praising God and magnifying God. And he says, can you help? I said, glory be to God Almighty. I want you to know there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And I want you to know that the law of the Spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And I want you to speak to condemnation right now and tell it to get behind you, Satan. Glory be to God because it has no power over your life any longer. And I want you to realize this. I have children. I don't know if you've got any young ones in your family, but I've got children. And God spoke to my heart just two days in advance, just two days ago. And I believe he was setting this thing up. He spoke to me two days in advance and he says, I want you to know this, son. He says, I want you to realize this. Just the same way, when you look at your children, when you look down at your children, he said, do you think about what they did to you last week? I said, no, sir. He said, do you think what they did about t- to you three days ago? I said, no, sir. He said, do you bring up their faults and their failures of yesterday and what they did yesterday and look at them and that's just how you're looking at them and thinking about how terrible they are and how bad they are and what they did and they're never going to grow up and change? I said, no, sir, I don't. I said, as a matter of fact, when I get up in the morning, I don't think about what my kids did yesterday. I said, when I get up in the morning, I don't think about anything that happened yesterday. I just love them just today because they're my children. I love them. And I just thank, you know, God, you know, I thank you for their lives. That's all I do. He says, well, I want you to know that's what I do to my children. He said, my mercies are renewed every morning. He says, and when you open up your eyes, I'm already up because I don't slumber or sleep. He said, but when you open up your eyes, you can just get up and say, glory to God. Father, my, your mercies are renewed every morning. And now that I'm up and awake, you don't remember yesterday. It's gone. It's wiped out. It's behind me. Hallelujah. Forget the things that are past. I see you as you are today. Pick up the ball. Start going. You know, get in. Start speaking my word. Start speaking the faith. He said, forget that. Whatever it was, I wiped it out. It's gone. I choose not to remember it. You choose not to remember it. And I want you to know I just started speaking that to that fella. I said, glory be to God. I want you to know that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your Father looks at you right now. If you came with a true heart of repentance, and if you, from your heart, honestly and sincerely ask Him to restore your fellowship and get that thing wiped out of your life, He put that in a sea of forgetfulness. It's wiped out. It's gone. He don't know it existed. He don't know what happened. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, He's not going to bring it up ever again. You are right now foot loose and fancy free. And the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is far greater than anything you can ever do. Don't exalt anything above the blood of Jesus. Who, Boy, His countenance began to change already. See, that spirit began to get on them. That same spirit began to get on them. We, we're spirit beings. It just began to get all over them. Someone ever call you up and say, you know, I want you to pray. Next service, when you get together, I want you to pray. And you say, you know, sometimes we just we forget what's going on. We say, oh, yeah, I'll just make sure I go to the church. Yeah, I'll do that for my brothers and my sisters. Next time somebody calls you on the phone and they say, I'm having trouble. I'm in trouble, and I want everybody to pray for me. I just say this. Why do you want to wait till next week? If you're in trouble, if you're in pain, if you're having a problem, let's pray right now. Faith is always in the now. Let's pray right now. And then you start speaking the Word. When you start speaking the Word, it's just, just catchy. Something will come off of you and just go right on to them. And when it gets on them, it'll change their countenance. I remember this one time, and I'm led to say this. When I first came down here, I mean, I'll tell you what, you just foot loose and fancy free. I mean to tell you, and I, I'm just not changing. I'm not coming down off that mountain. Not, not for anything, not for anyone. 
just to get them back up on a mountain with me. I'm not coming off my walk of faith. I'm not starting to walk beside. The Bible says He doesn't have any pleasure in those that turn back to sense knowledge. He says, I want you to walk by my knowledge and the knowledge of my Word. If you were taught and learned how to speak my Word against circumstances of life, He says, then start speaking those words that are mine against circumstances of life and believing my Word. So I remember this. I remember how faith is a spirit, the same spirit of faith coming off me. And I went to Sister Priscilla's house. And that was right after she had the stroke when we first came down here. She just came out of the hospital. And it left her with her one eye. Just, you heard her testimony, her one eye. She was looking out just, just like that. The muscles that caused her to look straight just wasn't straight. Many of you know what I'm talking about. But I, before she actually experienced her total healing and deliverance, I want you to know this. I sat there with her, and the church was real small, just a few. And I could, you know, I can spend time, a lot of time, just going and talking to everybody. And we sat and talked. And as we talked, the same spirit of faith rose up. And we sat there looking eyeball to eyeball. I mean, the same spirit of faith, you go in somebody's presence with a strong, healthy spirit, you'll change their count. You get somebody who's maybe a little bit down and you start speaking God's Word and the joy of the Lord rise up inside you. It'll change their countenance. And that faith was so powerful that her eye, every time we talked, just went... And we looked eyeball to eyeball. Then, when we got done, left, it went back. And this, this, I was aware of it. I watched it. I was baffled by it, but I watched it, and it happened. And then we kept back and forth. I said, look at that. I said, it was just amazing. And then finally, in the process of time, when her spirit became right, she came to this altar at the other church and stood there and said, I see it now, and I'm going to agree in Jesus' name that I'm whole. And she got her deliverance. And she was healed. But do you see, you influence those around you. Because it's the same spirit of faith. When you start speaking God's Word out of your heart and out of your mouth, and you start saying it, I mean from here, from the depth of your spirit. Not just because you learned a formula, you know this formula of faith and how it goes. I mean because you believe it with all your heart. You get on your knees, if need be, and face before God and say, Father God, I believe that your Word is so powerful inside me, that that word can change circumstances around me, around my life. You know, God's not going to do anything through you until he starts doing something with you. Well, I found that out. I found out I could reach more people when I'm on fire. I'm, I found out I can cause more people to turn to the Lord and get their countenance changed when I'm on fire for God myself. I found out when my spirit is healthy, strong, and vigorous, and clean, Thank God when David says, created me a clean heart and a right spirit, then God has access to His Word that I speak to go out of me and to cause the hearts of others to just, you know, get a hold of the spirit of faith. Have that same spirit of faith. And before you know it, you'll find out the same ones you're talking to will begin to talk like you. They'll begin to say the same thing. Say the same thing. You know what confession is? Say the same thing. Jesus is the high priest of our what? Of our confession, saying the same thing. They'll begin to say the same thing. Yeah, glory to God, I don't have to be condemned anymore, do I? No, sir, you don't. Yeah, that's right. Bless God, I don't have to have condemnation in my life, do I? No, you don't. Glory be to God, you got a hold of it now. And before you know it, they're delivered. They're set free. 
See, it's the same thing in every realm of life. If you've been looking for healing and you've been waiting for God to come down out of the sky, you know, and send Jesus down from His throne, no, He's not going to get off that throne. He's there. He's going to stay there. If you think He's going to come up from the pit of hell, He already did that. He's not. The Word is where? It's nigh you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. If you've got to get on your face before God and say, I don't know if I understand it enough. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it feels like. I don't know what, the, what to make of this thing. But I want you to know, Father God, you said the Word is near me. It's in my mouth. It's in my heart. You said the Word of faith that's in me shall heal me and deliver me. You said you sent your Word from heaven. And here it is right here. And you said you sent the Word to heal me and deliver me. And I want you to know that my body should and will be healed by the words of my mouth when I speak your word. And you just get on your face before God and start saying it. With His stripes, I am healed. With His stripes, I am healed. With His stripes, I am healed. Father, I believe that with His stripes, I am healed. And you keep on saying that between you and God. You get on your face and do it between you and God. You just start getting on your face before God. Humble yourself. Humble your spirit. God will begin to dwell. You know what He'll do to you? He'll draw near unto you. He said, if you'll do it, I'll draw an eye to you. And you begin to say it and 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 say it. This is practicing the Word. You begin to say it and 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 say it. Oh, it may take work. It may take diligence. This one woman was six months. She did the same thing, the very thing. Six months, she never had a pair of shoes on her feet. She had club feet. She couldn't walk right. She couldn't wear a pair of shoes, never owned a pair of shoes in her life. She got a hold of some tapes talking about speaking God's Word out of your heart, speaking God's Word for healing, speaking God's Word for help. And she took six months of her life to just speak God's Word. She shut herself alone with God and she starts speaking God's Word, saying it from her heart, saying it from her mouth, and saying it 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 and saying it. Finally, six months of this. See, some people want to give up after one day, one week. But six months of just saying it to herself, not to everybody else, not confessing it to somebody, saying it to herself, saying it to herself, saying it to herself. Six months, she looked down at her two feet and she said to the one foot, she said, I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to straighten up. Boy, that thing just became normal. Right before her eyes, she heard everything cracking there, and it just became normal. She looked at the other one, and she said, In the name of Jesus, straighten up. Went out and bought herself a brand new pair of shoes. For the first time, walked in it. Oh, brothers and sisters, I don't know what it is, but people are trying to find out, they're trying to find something new under the sun. But you find out there's nothing new under the sun. You find out that Jesus has already died. Jesus was raised up from the dead. What are we walking around here? Waiting for power to come. The power is here. The power of God is here. It's in you. It's in me. It's in our hearts. It's in our mouths. All we got to do is just start saying it. All we got to just start doing is just start believing what God's Word says and start saying it out of your mouth. I believe I've been redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Let the weak do what? Say. Why do you say, let the weak say? I was just reading in one article, and it said in the Jewish Talmud, do you know what they had to do to get their healing? They had to quote the 91st Psalm seven times. I did that today. That takes a long time. So I start quoting that 91st Psalm seven times. I didn't need healing, but I just wanted to do it. Seven times is a perfect number of God, you know. I'll tell you what, you quote that thing seven times, it'll get you to dancing. You try it. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge, my fortress. He's my God. In Him do I trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover me with His feathers and under His wings will I trust. 
His truth is my shield and my buckler. I'll not be, I'll not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walk in the darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at the noonday. A thousand could fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand won't come nigh me. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked, because I made the Lord God my refuge, even the Most High my habitation. He's given His angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways, to bear me up in their hands, lest I dash my foot against a stone. I'll tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion, and drive, and I trample under my feet. And because I set my love upon Him, He delivered me. Now notice this next verse in verse 14. You know what He said? See, this isn't what... That's what the psalmist was saying. But in verse 14, God picks up and He starts saying, And you know, if God says something, do it. If God says something He's going to do, He'll do it. He said, Because you set your love on me, I will deliver you. God said it. He says, I'll set you on high because you know my name. I'll be with you in trouble. When you call on me, I answer you. I'll be with you in trouble. Everybody say, God's with me in trouble. Whenever I get in trouble, God is with me. And all I need to do is to believe in my heart and say with my mouth that what God says is so and the power of God will work for me. Oh, blessed be God. Brothers and sisters, I just can't put it any other way. I just, if you ask me how'd your kids come into this world, I'm telling you just this way. If you ask me, what in the world did you ever do to get the... It's just this way. How did you live through Ramah when you'd have no money, no nothing? It was this way. It was speaking with our heart and with our mouth exactly what God said. No magic formula. I mean, no secret. You know, we didn't go to churches and find a guy who was anointed of God and have him pray for us to get food on our table. All we did was said exactly what God said to do. Now, here's what you need to have happen in your life. As I was standing out there in that yard... And uh, I was studying this here just like every of us. We all struggle. We all learn. We're trying to figure this thing out with our mind. We're trying to figure out how we're going to get our mouth to hook up with our heart. If I could just get my heart out and pull it out and see what it's supposed to do and get these things hooked up together, you know, get them to meet each other, introduce them to one another, whatever, to, you know, get them to start speaking the same thing. You know, whatever I'm going to do. And you're figuring this thing out in your mind. You're figuring it out in your mind. You know, but the Holy Ghost has a way to get it across to you so that it will come across the right way. I heard Kenneth Hagin say it. I heard Kenneth Copeland say it. I heard Jerry Savelle say it. I heard Fred Price say it. I heard other preachers say it. You know, and I thank God for all those ministries. And I thank God for their lives. But I want you to know, when the Holy Ghost said it unto me, it's been branded inside my spirit. It's still there right now. When He spoke in my heart and said, you got to believe you receive before you ever get that thing. you got to believe in the unseen realm. Believe in the invisible realm. He says, in order to get in the physical, I tell you something just rose up inside me that's never, never changed. I knew that I got to have the ability to speak out God's Word in the face of contradictory circumstances. I've got to have the ability to see things done and call them not as, be not as though they were. I had to do that in order to get God to work on my behalf. I mean, if the Holy Ghost was going to come along and tell you something, you'd think, well, He's going to teach me some profound truth. And I, wanted, I, want you to, I mean, it was the Holy Ghost. And when I say it was the Holy Ghost, I know some people, they, they wouldn't know it was the Holy Ghost if you had a red hat on rocking down the street. But I want you to know, it was the Holy Ghost. You know how I know it was the Holy Ghost? Boy, witness to my spirit. I heard it in an audible voice. Said to me, just about shook me out of my chair. And it lined up with the Word. He said to me, you got to believe you received that $200 before you ever see it. That's exactly what he said to me. I said, I do? He said, yes, you do. I said, that's simple. Oh, he knew it was simple. That's why he told me to do it. 
See, he couldn't get it across any other way. And do you know that when I, I, I knew I had to do that, do you know what happened to my confession, my mouth, and my heart? I start saying, I believe I've received $200, and I have it. I thank you for it, Father. And I just kept on saying that for five days, and it came on the wings of an angel. Exactly the money we needed. And I want you to know, we've just been practicing that and speaking God's Word out of our mouth and heart in the face of contradictory circumstances. Fellowshipping with God, getting your spirit you know, built up, strong, bold, vigorous. Don't just be one of those theologians that just try to study out this Bible. Get some of these scriptures and take them as bread. Feed them into your heart. Feed them into your spirit. Feed them and renew your mind. Get it inside you in such a way that you know when he said, he said, if you believe with, with all your heart the things you desire, you shall have what you say. If you believe that, if you get that inside you, brothers and sisters, you'll get to a place in your life that you'll get along with God before you ever say some of the things that you're going to pray about. You'll wait till your, your spirit man is so built up with the force of faith and love inside you that what comes out of your mouth is going to be creative power and ability. And then when you get your spirit in that condition, and we should keep it in that condition, and you start speaking those things that you say, your whole life is going to change. The circumstances around you are going to change. You're going to be some kind of uh, optimistic, enthusiastic, wild person that walks upon the face of this earth. You, you're going to think you have power to send angels out, and you really do. And people are going to challenge you and question you, and they're going to say, look at that person over there. They're telling angels to go and do things for them. Who do you think they are, God or something? They're going to talk that, like that about you. They're going to persecute you. You're going to have tribulation because of it. But when you start speaking out what God said to do in His Word and you start agreeing with God says, how can two walk together except they be agreed anyhow? When you start doing what God said to do, angels are going to be going out to and fro. I mean, they're going to be doing, out, doing things in your life, working for you, and you're going to be conscious and aware of the fact that they're out there doing things for you because of what you're saying. Your mind's going to clear up right away. You've been saying out there, oh, dear Lord, I just can't get God's Word to me. I just never understand this thing. I'm not going to understand faith. I don't know how to get healing. I thought I was supposed to. If you stop saying that and you start saying this, I've got the same spirit of faith as anybody else. And I've got Jesus for my wisdom, for my righteousness, for my understanding. I've got Jesus who's my sanctification, my redemption. And Jesus has made all things wisdom unto me. I know that Jesus is inside me to teach me. The Holy Ghost teaches me all the truth. And if anybody understands faith, it's going to be me. I understand faith. Bless God. You start talking like that, you know what happens? It'll come. It'll come to you. It'll come to your mind, to your thinking faculties. It'll come to your body and heal your body. It'll come and set you free. And even whatever your circumstances might be. Now, there are those I know right now caught up with thoughts inside their mind that they just can't get rid of. They just don't want you don't know how to get rid of those things. I want you to know that you've got power to get rid of them. Whenever you're in bondage to something, it means that Satan has lorded it over your spirit, soul, or body, whatever it is. And the only way, you listen, the only way you're going to have permanent deliverance is by learning the faith walk. When you start getting inside your heart, inside your mouth, and you stop looking at the things that are seen, and you start teaming up and you know, lining yourself up with God's Word and agreeing with God's Word and speaking God's Word out of your mouth, from your heart, then your mind's going to be free. Then your body's going to be delivered. And if you're like me, you'll get on your face before God until it happens. I have set myself right now. I have established my heart. I have fixed my heart that I will not be satisfied with a ministry less than what the Lord Jesus Christ said we should have as ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Himself. I will not be satisfied in my life 
And you shouldn't be either until John 14, 12 is a reality to you. The works that I did shall you do also, and greater works shall you do, because I'm going to my Father. I'm not going to be satisfied until John 15, 7 becomes a reality in my life, and it should be in your life. Whatever you... He said, if my words abide in you, you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. I'm not going to be satisfied unless these things become true in my life. Are you? You have a hunger for this? You have a spiritual hunger? Look at one more scripture. You're in the fourth chapter. Look at verse 18. Verse 17 too. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal way to glory, while we look not at the things seen, which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen, those are eternal. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of the unseen. What I don't see, I don't see angels. Do you see, anybody here see angels? Unless you're in the Spirit, you don't see angels. Unless you have the discerning of spirits operative right now, you don't see angels. But I guarantee you right now, go to, go to 103rd Psalm. I've got to give you another scripture. I guarantee you that God's Word teaches us that angels are around us. Bless the Lord. Verse 20. I don't see any angels, but I know they're here. How do you know they're there? Because we said, thank you, Father, for the angels that surround us. Did you agree with me when I said that? Then there's angels all around us. Not just our angel. I mean, there's more angels out there around us. They're out there. Bless the Lord, ye His angels that excel in strength, that do His commandments, hearkening unto the voice of His word. Who verbalizes the Word of God in the earth right now? The believer does. And when you verbalize the Word of God, what do angels do? Hearken unto the voice of the Word. When you speak out God's Word out of your mouth, I want you to know that you either bind your angels or you let them go free. When you speak God's Word out of your mouth, those angels either go and do exactly what that Word says to do to bring it, in a, bring it into reality, to bring it to pass, because His Word will not go back void, or they just stand back and watch things happen to us that are... Really not God's will for us. And I heard one evangelist say one time, you know, she was, you know, and I just, I pray, I thank God for her life and ministry, but all she, I remember her saying that she said, you know, these people that talk about sending angels out, he said, they don't realize that God said in His Word that He'll give His angels charge over you. But see, brothers and sisters, if you don't get good teaching of God's Word, you can, you can preach the same Scripture but get the wrong meaning. Yeah, He said He would give His angels charge over you. Well, has He given His angels charge over us? Doesn't the book of Hebrews tell us that His angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them that shall be heirs of salvation? You an heir of salvation? Are your angels sent forth to minister for you? Who gave His angels charge over us? God did. What are they doing? They're ministering for you and for me. And what do they hearken to? The voice of His Word. They are listening to me speak right now. And when they hear me say, I desire, Father God, the fullness of Your glory in our midst. I desire people to be free in mind. A spirit soul and body. I desire the lightnings of your glory just to fill this place, Father God, to get people delivered and set free. I want you to know that they're out there shouting right now saying, yeah, yeah, we want to get some action. We want to get in on this thing. I mean, when God told Israel to get, you know, get out of Egypt, I want you to know that there was horses uh, and chariots of fire. There was angels that went down there and they got a hold of the, you know, Egyptians' armies. They got a hold of the Egyptian army. They got a hold of their, their horses and buggies and their, their chariots their, and took all the wheels off. Took them all off. They got involved in that thing. Probably, if you can see 
the Bible says there was a wind that came and held up the, you know, the Red Sea. Probably it was angels up there holding that thing up. Angels are going to work out there in the book of Revelation, taking the four corners of the earth. They're going to be doing some work out there. Your angels are listening to what you're saying. Your angels are going to do exactly what you keep saying in your mouth and believe in your heart. I believe with all my heart that there's no devil or demon that has a right to cross the threshold of my, the bloodline that's around my house. I believe that angels have a right to go and hearken to our voice when we speak God's Word and say, Now you, in Jesus' mighty name, I give you charge over my husband, wife, child to protect and watch over them. And they'll go. They'll do what you say. Because the Word is where? Where's the Word? In your what? And in your mouth and in your heart. And it's the Word of what? That we do what? Now listen, when you speak that word, that's God's word. Everybody knows it's God's word. When you speak God's word, angels hearken to the voice of the word. And they'll go and do it. These are just some reasons why confession of God's word works. Just some reasons why. It works. I'm not getting off it. I'm going to get stronger in it. I'm going to encourage you to get stronger in it. You may not understand it as of yet. You may be struggling with it as of yet. I struggled with it. I mean, I struggled with it, but I held on to it. I was diligent to it until it began to work, until the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And you know what? John 16, 13 should be your first scripture. Let's all stand in together. John 16, 13 should be your first scripture. Everybody say with me, the Holy Ghost has come and abides in me, guides me in all the truth, teaches me all things and shows me things to come. Thank you, Father. The Comforter has come to guide me into truth, to speak to me what He hears of the Father and reveal to me future events. I thank you for your ministry, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.